You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 383, we're discussing the new Ghostbusters trailer, a new Jurassic World series, and Supergirl casting. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Ian. Ian, my friend, we're coming off a little bit of a chaotic week, and then mm-hmm. we had our box office fantasy draft record live stream last week. You guys heard it in the feed and we're here this week to talk about some brand new stuff in some of our favorite franchises with Ghostbusters. we got a brand new trailer for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. In my opinion, right off the bat here, a much better trailer, a much more epic and enticing trailer. We've also got word of a brand new Jurassic series, which has me pretty excited. You guys all know that Jurassic Park and that whole series is one of my favorite of all time. It influenced my entire life. And the fact that we're going to get more of this has me incredibly intrigued. And we're also going to touch on a Supergirl casting for the new DCEU under James Gunn. We'll also wade over into Suicide Squad, the game coming out. And maybe we'll touch on Madam Web just a little bit. But before we get into any of that, Ian, my friend, how are you? And are you recovered from the epicness that was last week's recording of the box office fantasy draft. Dude, yeah, I, I'm almost recovered, man. You know, I'm trying to get over the, <laughs> the hangover that uh that I got after celebrating from from us getting all of the best picks and clearly yes. going to be the, the winners this year. Um but yeah, man, I'm all good. It's been a really fun week actually. Like um I've actually got a lot of cool stuff coming in that I got like a Loki print from bottleneck gallery oh, that one came that epic one came uh, oh dude, i've been waiting for it for so long uh and my uh battinson batman hot toy came in as well which is has not been unboxed Wicked. but it's uh it's been a fun week in terms of like getting stuff it's been like a mini christmas man and yeah, we'll touch touch on it today. But a lot of the news, it's been a funny one this week because it's it's lots of exciting stuff, big announcements, big reveals, but also some some controversy. And it's uh, it's an interesting time in in the nerd world. So looking forward to talking about it with you. Uh, and yeah, sharing that with everybody listening. It's gonna be a fun one, man. And like you said, we're kind of getting out of the dredges that is January, a usual graveyard when it comes to nerd not only in the film space but it just feels like everything is quiet until we can really kick off the film going season we're into the oscar role here a little bit and everything is just kind of calm we're starting to to get some pretty awesome reveals as we inch towards february and march with some big movies coming out there's even things like we got our first look or accidental look at Sam Wilson, Captain America on, there was a, it's just a leaked image of some promo art. And so stuff mm-hmm. like this is starting to roll out and it's starting to feel like we're getting back into this usual role of news and rumors and speculation that we love to just touch on a little bit here in the nerd room. We're out of the strike era. We're out of the pandemic era and we're seemingly finally walking one foot in front of the other into 
normalcy to a degree. And so what hopefully that means is we get a lot more weeks like this where we have Star Wars, Marvel, DC, everything kind of coming at us. And we get to break mm-hmm. it down with you guys here. And we're going to start with one of our box office fantasy team picks. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go back one episode in the feed or head over to the Nerd Room YouTube channel and you can watch us do this amazing draft. We do it every single year. We pick a few movies. We did it as teams this year. Ian and I teamed up and we're going to absolutely wipe the floor. The boys over at Vigilante and Carlos. (laughs) And one of our movies that we picked, because I picked it just purely out of love and just truly from the heart, was Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And this Mm -hmm. week we were treated to a brand new trailer. And like I said at the top, this trailer has me way more excited. I I broke down the trailer and my feelings of it a couple weeks ago on a solo episode. And I kind of just said that I wanted to love the trailer, but I just liked the trailer, the first one that we got. I got the idea of it. It was a bit more reflective of the cartoon I grew up on, which I really liked, but it didn't hook me. I didn't get that same nostalgic feel that I got from the Afterlife trailers. And then, boom! I've been waiting 40 years for this. They called themselves Ghostbusters. According to these hacks, they saved the world. No eyewitnesses. And who is found to carry the torch? Descendants of Egon Spengler. You have a miner hanging out the side of a moving vehicle. Firing a laser gun indiscriminately. Has a proton pack. It's completely safe. I wouldn't say completely safe. The Ghostbusters are finished. Right. Well, overruled. Sustained. Thank you. Here is this one that gets me fully invested in not only story, but also mm-hmm. the two sets of characters, the new Ghostbusters, as well as the old team coming back. And the story feels more epic. The score and the trailer really sold me on all of it. I love a good emotional and nostalgic score with an overtone of danger and an engaging sort of approach to the story and i think that's what we got with this one i my hype level went from a solid like seven eight up to above a 10 with this trailer yeah so i wish they had done this with the first trailer was this one because i think it would have potentially changed the tone of the the whole release here but we're coming up on march here ian Mm -hmm. did this trailer change the game for you the same way it did for me uh, it did. It did indeed. And, you know, even when we did the, the draft picks, like when you were going to pick Ghostbusters and I knew it, <laughs> like I have to apologize because I was kind of like, like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And then I yeah. said, just go with your heart. And I'm really glad you did. Um, whether it's successful or not, I don't really care now because after seeing that trailer, just being able to root for that movie, mm. um, because it just looked fantastic. And I just love that it blew up all over social media. Like everybody was yes. sharing it. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody said how great it looked. And man, it, it was just absolute joy to watch that trailer, man. I just, as soon as it finished, started it again. Because yes. it was just so good. And it, like the things that you said, like it just, it shows the original guys. And it feels very much like the original Ghostbusters movie. It also seems to really um, mix in this new this new cast and do it really well, and it actually makes sense, and it actually looks fun and new and fresh at the same time. And we also get that kind of real Ghostbusters vibe as well with 
you know, a lot more ghosts and a lot of different mm-hmm. things going on and things being a, a bit more extreme, you know, we've got uh, the ghost trap on, on a drone and we got these kind yeah. of different looking <laughs> crazy ghosts and stuff. And man, it just looks really cool. And, you know, they're bringing some really fun people back. We've got, um, I don't know the actor's name, Walter Peck. Uh, he's, yes. he's in it, which, is, which is really cool. We've got uh, Annie Potts, Janine. Uh, just seeing her and hearing her voice and her holding the phone. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, just, the, just those feels. And yeah, like it's going, it's going big, man. We've got a nice big story. What I'm really interested with this one as well is that in the afterlife, they did say, um, the, the kids didn't really seem to know about the Ghostbusters and what happened before. And I thought that was kind of strange because, you know, you had this big staple of Bashmallow Man walking <laughs> through Manhattan. Um, and in this one, you know, you, you do hear Peck saying there was no eyewitnesses. And I wonder how that's going to be be explained. Um, but I do think it's actually really important that they're going to have this big threat coming in and, you know, being having a whole world involved, you know, especially New York. Because going forward, I think that's going to make the Ghostbusters a lot more relevant. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to make them their existence necessary. And then, you know it could go in so many different directions and, you know, you could have different factions of the Ghostbusters, you know, you could have them building on a bigger team. You could have different stories in different places. So I think what they're doing with this and how great it looks, um, it just, it just looks like a whole lot of fun. You've got a great cast, um, a great mix of old and new and, and the feels, the feels are there, especially for us. Us 80s kids, it's yes. uh, it's something special, man. So it's now up there in my most anticipated. I think with a lot of people, especially in our community, it's it's something that everybody wants to see. And I'm really, really hoping that people go out to, to watch this. I hope Ghostbusters are back, man, because they need to be. We we need the Ghostbusters they do, back. Man. They do. And yeah, if I, I can't echo much more than what you've said there. It, it all works for me. And even some character actors like Patton Oswalt's in it. And Paul Rudd coming back, of course, from Afterlife. And he's got that line, busted makes me feel good. Like, he's, it's just the <laughs> delivery of it. And even some of the cheesier lines from Bill Murray. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely Peter Vanquin. That is his character from the original Ghostbusters. And I think realistically, they could have moved on from the original cast after Afterlife. It was an appropriate send-off for what they did there. But mm-hmm. I'm okay. And I guess the end credit scene or the end of the movie did allude to Winston being at least part of the future of the Ghostbusters in these yeah. sort of franchise perspective. But I'm cool with them kind of teaming up here. We've got what, like you said, appears to be a pretty big threat and having two different teams. It, it just works for me. It looks like it's a ton of fun. And the if I go back to this piece of it, the score of the trailer, is it changes the tone of this whole thing. And... It's unbelievable what a solid trailer can do for anticipation. I think this is like like a cut and dry case of a trailer that comes out, the initial teaser that let people know what was going on, but it did not build hype and a slightly different approach. And boom, like you said, it's blown up on social media. There's a lot of anticipation going into this. And so this is the right time for this going into March. This franchise is clearly here to stay with sony they're trying to build something bigger i love the ideas you had about this franchise not necessarily have to stay with the cast and the thread of people 
that we have particularly in this movie and that's actually expanding and building more on top of it like create a bigger universe inside of this and i think there's just so much to 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 explore with the ghostbusters and frozen empire it i'm so excited that it's happening and that it's moving in this direction it, it like it's crazy to think you know you said us 80s kids and the importance of this franchise to us that here we are in 2024 and we're we're living inside of the revitalization of something that we grew up with 30 40 years ago which is yeah it's crazy to me to think that not only are we getting a solid not even relaunch but continuation of a, an amazing ghostbuster story but then we're also getting potentially a new Jurassic franchise. You know, we've yeah. just come off the back of the Jurassic World franchise, ended a couple years ago, Dominion. Arguably one of the better ones of the Jurassic World era, but nothing ever really matched Jurassic Park and The Lost World for me, if I'm being honest with you. Those two movies were so good. Jurassic World was excellent, but I don't know if it's just because of my age or the effect that Jurassic Park had on me and my path in life. But just the even notion of a new Jurassic series is so exciting to me. And what's even more exciting about this is that the guy that wrote the original Jurassic Park and the Lost World, like the script, translating it from the book, the Michael Crichton book, over to the film was David Cope. And he is back writing this new movie. Now, he also wrote The Dial of Destiny, which I thought was a great revisit revisitation of the indie franchise. But he's back writing this iteration of it. And apparently, according to The Hollywood Reporter, this movie is like quite far along in its script and potential production. That there's even whispers of like a 2025 or a 2026 release on this. Wow. I heard some rumors that they're talking about like Jurassic Universe for the a for the name. I don't really know where they go with it. Is it part of the Jurassic World series? They're very specific inside of that, saying it's not an ex- extension of Jurassic Park. It's not a reboot. It's not a reimagination. It's some sort of continuation of dinosaurs. But outside of like the nostalgia piece for me and the blinders on the rose-colored glasses, I'm looking for someone to bring me back back down to earth. Is it too soon for us to have or for us to be revisiting the Jurassic franchise just two years out from a series, a trilogy of films with a new cast and then combining back up with the old cast, similar to what we're seeing in the Ghostbusters franchise? Is it too soon to be moving into a brand new era where the baggage of the past kind of exists back there and there'll likely be some references to it? But new cast, new characters, new dinosaurs, new problem. Like, how, how do they move forward with this franchise? Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about it because I haven't heard that much about it. And I know, you know, you're a big Jurassic guy. I, I loved the, the original movie. I loved Lost World. I wasn't a big Jurassic World fan. Um, I enjoyed the, the, the movies to an extent, but, you know... I didn't know where they were going. And I actually, he was actually talking about it with you and with Carlos and learning about the original stories and, and, the, and the books that made me appreciate those movies a, a lot more um, in terms of the storytelling. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I feel two ways about this. I think to me at the moment, it does feel a little too soon. I find it very different than Ghostbusters in the sense that, you know, Ghostbusters hasn't 
been like a massive thing for a long mm-hmm. time. And even with Afterlife, it was kind of, you know, brushed under the carpet because of the time it came out and, and um, the way it was released. Uh, with something like Ghostbusters, I can see how it can progress. I could see it going in different directions. You know, someone who reads comics, I could actually see Ghostbusters having crossovers. You know, I'd love to see a mm. Ghostbusters and Stranger Things movie. Like, that'd be oh. just freaking awesome, man. You know, bring the, take the old and the new and, and, and smash them together. And, you know, we are getting a lot of crossover stuff. With Jurassic, I don't... My issue with Jurassic is that I don't really see the, where the stories can go mm-hmm. that make them uniquely, you know, different, to make them stand out. You know, you you already seen with something like uh, Kong and Godzilla. You know, they're now making Godzilla pink, and they're making uh, making you know Kong have an Infinity Gauntlet and stuff. But you can't really do that with the dinosaurs unless no. you. So, like, what do you do? Do you make it into another kind of survival horror style movie? Are they going to build a new park? Is it going to be set in the distant future where the dinosaurs uh, are everywhere? Um, so yeah, it, it'd be interesting. I, you know, I'm not a, a story writer. I'm sure that they they have an idea, and I just hope that that it's something new, it's something different, and it's not just a repeat of of some of the things that we had before. Because I do love Jurassic Park. I love dinosaurs. I love seeing these things. Um, but I think it's a harder franchise to work with in terms of story, yeah. and uh, you know whether they do something like they cross it with. Fast and the Furious or something, or <laughs> they mechanize the dinosaurs and have people riding them or something. I don't know, but there's... Dino riders. <laughs> but I don't know if that's what we want to see. That's not the kind of, the the essence of, of Jurassic. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Like, you can you can make a good story in pretty much any franchise if you do it right. I, I just don't see it. And as yeah. you, you asked, it is, it is very soon, you know, I think one strong point with Jurassic is that they did have the Jurassic World and a lot of younger audiences do connect with those movies. Um, so you do have that audience and you do have people wanting to go and see these movies. Unlike something that's Ghostbusters, which goes back to the 80s. And we have been seeing a lot with kind of reboots and revisiting of stuff from the 80s. It's not hitting as well as we we kind of thought mm-hmm. it you know even with bringing back a keaton batman we all thought it was going to be huge and no one really cared so um i think Jurassic has a bigger audience and more attention but i also think it doesn't have the openness to to create interesting stories that maybe something like a ghostbusters would so yeah no for sure and like you have to remember too the different or the absence between Jurassic Park three, which wasn't always the most well received, came out in two thousand one. And when did Jurassic World come out? Two thousand fourteen, something like that. Two thousand fifteen, I think. Yeah, I don't it know. came out. It was, and so there's a long time, fifteen years between the end of a franchise, and arguably like ninety seven when the Lost World came out was when the the true Jurassic Park left. And then you had something with Jurassic World where you actually had the park open. And that was such a unique take on it, or at least when they revisited it. It was like the park is actually open. It's functioning. It has people. And we never got to see that. Yeah. It was always about going to an island getting chased. But you never realized what the park could be. And that was like a really cool way to start Jurassic World is with the park that was functioning. And then you see kind of the downfall, the inevitable downfall that 
that happens with the confinement of these these animals and these dinosaurs. I think personally, yeah, it's a little soon, but if they if they got to go back to basics, I kind of like the idea that you you put out there about going back to a bit more of the horror side of it and the thriller side of it and really going back to the Jurassic Park essence. And maybe that's why they've brought on the original writer. I think that could benefit it. And the far-flung future. Think Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, but inside of the Planet of the Apes universe, where you go way into the future, where the world is almost unrecognizable because of the dinosaurs. Down, you know, make some sort of downfall of humans do whether you call it disease initiated by having the dinosaurs around or something happens on a global scale where you get a true jurassic world where the dinosaurs are the dominant species say and humans are trying to fight for existence and i am legend with dinosaurs you know what i mean something like that well they were that's that's what they kind of implied with with the Jurassic world right i remember when they released the, was it a trailer for one of the one of the movies and it was just seeing the dinosaurs living yes in the real dominion. world and yeah was that for dominion and i thought wow that's really cool like i lo- i hope that's how it goes you know that's yeah. the progression of this where it will be kind of a planet of the apes style mm-hmm. um and they become part of you know the national natural habitats and the the world that we live in and something that we have to deal with on a on a daily basis um and they never really took it that far so that's that's the that's the way i kind of yeah. envision it and how i see it going um yeah but yeah whether whether that's that's enough and i mean it could be more of a they could go with more of a human story i think that's one great thing with the original movies was that you kind of really liked the characters and the the humans Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of the time when it was just them traveling across the park and the dinosaurs weren't there which was some of the you know the the best moments and you have shows like monarch um on on apple where you know it's a godzilla show or it's a a monster versus show but there aren't many monsters in it yeah um and they're just part of that world and i think you know you, you you can do that if you've got the right the right team and by the sounds of things they they have got a good a good team working on this so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see the approach because like you said like things like monarch i'd even like reference like the walking dead in mm-hmm. the sense of the story about humans inside of a world that is dramatically different with this like existential threat always on on their backs like there's something there's something cool that could be done there going bigger another park anything like that i just don't think that is going to be the story that pushes the franchise and that interests people it's like another park another down you know what i mean it's it's got we and i you know they've they've really pushed on the genetic piece of it that was a lot of jurassic world kind of continuous thread or narrative through all of it was genetic manipulation and what's moral what's ethical about it inside of humans inside of animals resurrection of and that was the theme going back all into the books and even in Jurassic park like the idea of resurrecting something that's already had its chance and so i think that's played out and so let's go with something different let's put put humans on their back feet big time for this and not just a couple of humans all of the humans so i think there's there's potential there and it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out because universal of course is you know everyone's constantly hunting for franchises for something that they can count on as far as a tentpole movie and the Jurassic franchise is one of Universal's biggest and especially with Fast X not doing what 
they had hoped or is not continuing at least its momentum from when they kind of relaunched and repivoted that movie into something different. So we're at the mercy a little bit there of, of that. And so we just got to hope that even as they franchise hunt, that they're still putting the effort into these movies that is going to produce something that, that we really love and want. So it's exciting yeah. to see new things and it's, it's exciting that nostalgia is, is going to continue to play a role in all this. And, this year is going to be different. Last year really told us that nostalgia wasn't hitting the same way as franchises and people had hoped, even with like Transformers and Nina Jones and all these movies that just didn't land. But let's see where, where this year takes us, starting off with Ghostbusters here and then potentially wandering into an announcement, a true and official announcement of a new Jurassic franchise. But Ian, let's... um. Let's take a let's take a pin in the beyond and head over to the DC universe. You know, DC is something we haven't touched on in a while. They've been constantly talking, or James Gunn at least has been talking a lot about Superman Legacy, a lot yeah. about the casting and what he's doing inside of that. There's a lot of, I think, subtle momentum. I will say behind Superman Legacy. You got James Gunn writing and directing that. They're moving. They're progressing. It's moving into production at some point this year, I believe as it's got a release date of mid next year. And we just got a casting inside of this. Now you got to talk to me a little bit about this. You know, there's lots of casting going on. They're going with relatively, I won't say unknowns, but younger actors and actresses that aren't at the scale and magnitude of, of some of the actors and actresses that have filled these roles in the past. And I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing, but Supergirl, yeah. one of the bigger castings more recently and, Talk to me a little bit about this. You, I don't, I'm not super in tune with all this, but you're pretty hyped about this one, and yeah. yeah. So talk to me about it. Yeah, for me, this is this is actually really big news. Like the the actress, the young actress or actor, I should say, that they've cast is Millie uh, Millie Alcock, and she's somebody that I'm familiar with from House of Dragon from Game of Thrones. Um, she was a, a kind of new face, a fresh face in that show. And she was only in the show for like five, I think it was five episodes. Um, and then they kind of did the flash forward. They went to the to the um, current time. Uh, and her character was played by a much older actress, uh, Emma uh, Darcy, who's also a great, great actor as well. Um, but the thing with Millie was that after those five episodes, like throughout those five episodes, people were saying how amazing she was, like how watchable she was, what a great casting it was. And when those five episodes ended, you know, it was all over social media. People were disappointed that they weren't going to get to see her again. People were hoping they were going to flash back and go back and see her again. Um, and we never got to see that because, you know, it just didn't work work story-wise. After that, you know, I think most people thought that we're going to see her in something else. You know, she's this big upcoming actor. People are going to um, want to see her in something. There were rumors, or well, not rumors, but people were saying that she'd make a good uh, Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy, and I thought that was amazing. Like I really, really wanted to see that, uh, but now that's not going to happen because we do have her as Supergirl, and I think this is actually a very important casting, and I think it's a lot more important, maybe even so, than the Superman, um, because for me, with her, she seems like. To me, she's more of a, a kind of inspired casting. Like she seems like somebody who I think will become the face of the character. You know, seeing the Superman legacy, um, Corrin Sweat being cast, like he looks very much 
like Henry Cavill. He looks like a very typical looking Superman. I'm not criticizing that casting. I think that's, you know, he looks great. Hearing him talking about nerd stuff like Star Wars gets me really excited for, for that one. But there's something about Millie, I think, that just like jumps out the screen and kind of gets people interested and in, in watching. Like she's just has this kind of magic, this presence on screen that, you know, people really want to see. Um, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is a, a great book, Tom King's book. And I think that mm. Supergirl is going to be a big surprise for a lot of people because it's not the Supergirl that everyone's used to. You know, it's not like the CW Supergirl um, you know, she's a supergirl who's kind of hardened. She grew up on Krypton while it was falling apart. Everybody was dying around her. You know, she's had a tragic background. And she's a very different character than, you know, a, a Clark Kent Superman in the way that she's, you know, she can be quite aggressive. She's kind of like an eye for an eye kind of character you know if you kill somebody i'll kill you you know you hurt my friend i'll break your face like she's she's mean <laughs> and she's she's uh and you know house of dragon seeing millie in that as rhaenyra targaryen she played that role so well in the way that you know she looks very attractive and she's very sweet but at the same time she's ruthless she's tough you don't want to mess with her and i think that's awesome. a really good um matching with with this character uh also the thing with millie like i think it might be a bit weird to say but she has a quite a unique face she's very pre pretty she's very beautiful but also she looks quite unique and she reminds me of like uh, you know the dc castings in the past that kind of stand out the faces that we associate with you know the superheroes like a christopher yeah. reeve you know christopher reeve is 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 a good looking dude but he's very unique looking in a way like mm -hmm. you know you see his face and you think of superman you think of superman you see his face and same with like a michael keaton um even like a gal gadot she's yes beautiful that. but you can you know she has a, a very unique look a very unique face that we always associate with that character um and i think that's something that you're gonna get with millie alcock i think she's got that look and she's got that presence that really suits this character and will be someone who you will associate with that character. And I think that's something that's really important going forward with this to have some, an actor that people want to see, but also an actor that, you know, you're going to make that direct connection to that character ongoing with the, the future projects. So for yeah. me, like there's something about Millie like I just can't wait to see her on screen again. And now I'm it. so excited for supergirl that superman legacy is kind of you know second to me like i don't i'm excited to see it but i really want to see supergirl more like that is the one i'm most anticipating now awesome and presumably she will be in superman legacy i'm guessing like she's gonna get apparently it. so apparently doing. she will be yeah she will be in it to some extent i think in that superman legacy by the looks of things everybody's going to be in it like you're yeah, going to it's, it's, it's going to be a true <laughs> universe launch pad <laughs> it is yeah well it's not an origin story um james Gunn no. has came he did say that very recently like there is nothing that is in reference to um the origin of of superman um so it'll be a world where you know all these things already exist and they're they're ongoing um how they I bring supergirl into it's... that will be will be very interesting too yeah yeah and i think that's a it's an interesting and 
almost unique way for the for the superhero universe is this and i guess the dc arguably you could say that they tried a little bit of this but almost that star wars lived in universe vibe to it where all this stuff and there's all this history that's referenced in some capacity but you're really going with the a character that's kind of been plucked and or dropped into the middle of it and you're just kind of going forward with history behind us and in front of us and i think that that's going to serve that universe well we're not going back and doing the origin story and doing all this the death of the waynes the death of john kent all this stuff so we can move past that and really get into the story and i think that there's enough story that's existed in the past whether it's from the comic books or mm-hmm. from just pop culture from things that have been visible for decades or the previous movies that we've seen all of that before and so i'm, I'm kind of cool with this and the hype around the casting I'll say, honestly, it hasn't been something I've been focusing on, but when I hear you talk about it, when I hear Nico and Zeddy talk about it, it gets me excited because I'm not, I'm not super in tune with all who all these people are, but I do like that we're, or James, and then we are going to get a whole new set of younger actors and actresses that are going to be able to embody, embrace, and really become these characters for what is likely a new generation like we're pushing up on this being our kids generation of superman and wonder woman and supergirl and all this and by the time this comes out my daughter is going to be into double digits and so this might be something that she really latches on to and so hearing the praise from yourself and this casting and what this potentially could lead to in the future it's got me even more hype for it being something very special for my daughter as well, or even our daughters as well. They'll both be a little couple years older, two, three years older by the time this comes out. So there's a lot of potential inside of this universe. Like James Gunn, you know, we talked a bit offline last week with the Vigilante guys after we recorded the box office draft. And we're talking about is the DCU kind of doomed from the start from a, not from a, critical or fan reception perspective but from it's coming in a time when the genre itself has found itself in a very unique and different position than it has been for the previous decade and how does the dceu starting basically from scratch again how does it capture what the genre was before how does it reinvent it how does it evolve it to a space where it can potentially get as big and these characters get their their time to shine Mm-hmm. And so James Gunn's putting all that together, and it's going to be a very, very interesting couple of years inside of the comic book movie genre because you got the relaunch of DCU, you or DCU, I should say. You've got Marvel really rethinking the game a lot too, and so in the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of very different stuff, including even this year with the absence of comic book movies, with the exception of Deadpool and Joker, which are two enigmas and anomalies inside of it. But we are going to get some comic book movies, and those are all in the Sony-verse. And you wanted to touch on Madam Web here. So Madam Web comes out in a couple weeks. February 14th, I think. We're almost into February, man. When this episode drops, it's going to be February 1st. So we're into the month of Madam Web. And we, we, always, we always want to be positive on this show. But we're also not going to look at something and just say, yeah, it looks amazing, when it's really... <laughs> doesn't you know i don't have the rose colored glasses for the sony universe at all 
even though it sits on the Marvel side of the fence. But this movie, from the first trailer, it it's looked like a very bitter pill to swallow. It's something that I've said time and time again. It's it's a Netflix watch at best for me. And it sounds like it's been a bit chaotic. It's It's got yeah. some interesting artwork that's coming out. I just don't know where this is going to land. But let's, let's talk a bit about Madam Web and what's been going on more recently with it as it rolls out its, its final phase of promo and eventual release into the theaters here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like for me, like I mean, you're saying be positive. Uh, let's be positive. For for me, it's not necessarily. We don't have negative. to be. We try no, no. to be. <laughs> we try, to be, but it's 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 not necessarily the negativity. For me, it's just pure confusion. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with this, and it's not the fact that it it looks kind of like you know a TV or a CW production. It's not that the promotion looks kind of cheesy and. And some of the suit picks look a bit kind of like a Vidal Sassoon, Maybelline commercial with like the lipstick <laughs> and the, the styled hair and stuff. Like it's, it's just like the, the I just don't understand. It just feels like Sony aren't even trying to make this movie semi-successful, and it doesn't even seem like the cast. I mean, the the main uh, actor Dakota Johnson, like. I don't know that much about her. I've not watched the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. No. Um, I saw in a movie <laughs> yeah. called Cha Cha Real Smooth, and she was it was really fun, cool movie. Um, but I don't know if it's just her character, her personality, or if she's just given up on this. But like when they interview her, she's not even trying to push the movie. She's saying that you know there was green screen everywhere, and she didn't know what she was doing, and it was chaotic, and she doesn't know if it turned out well or how it turned out. And it's like what a weird thing to say when you're trying to promote your movie. <laughs> and have you not watched your movie? Like have you not seen any aspects? of this film so that's you know very confusing even in the trailers when she's talking and she's narrating it might partly be her you know her soft voice but it doesn't seem like she's even trying to to make it sound dramatic or interesting it's just very flat and then like it was it came out recently that you know after the first trailer came out she like one week later she quit her talent agency and there's kind of speculation about it being, you know, she's she was angry or disappointed with them, you know, pushing her to do this movie or like, you know, selecting her for this movie. And it's like she it seems like she has no faith in this movie. She doesn't think it's any good or she doesn't even know or she doesn't even care. Um, and yeah, man, like it's it's a very confusing release like probably one of the most confusing releases I've ever seen with a comic book movie. And it mm -hmm. doesn't even seem like they knew what they were making at the time. You know, they, they said that the movie was going to have uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man in it. Then they backtracked and said it was going to be, they wanted to have the Tom Holland instead that was going forward. And then they worked at the dates and it had to be, they had it set in 2003, which meant that, you know, <laughs> Peter Parker didn't even exist or whatever. So it's like, so it's like, what, what is this? So then they took <laughs> Spider-Man out of it completely. 
And then I'm like, how does that work? How do you have all these spider people in a movie that existed before the MCU Spider-Man? You know, were there spider people running around before the Iron Man movie took place? And why are there so many? They'll probably explain it, but, you know, why there's so many spider women and spider girl in one reality? And how does Madam Web come into play? Does it make any sense? And based on their promotional attitudes and based on their backtracking and changing things i'm not even expecting this movie to be coherent like i don't feel like it has <laughs> any chance of making any sense which you is know weird. what man <laughs> it's very strange because a few things in the promo that i've witnessed and i haven't been paying much attention to it but the art for it has been very very difficult to to look at like there's the, the problem is too like okay the best thing i ever saw there's a poster one out there and it looked like a porn parody like the actual poster dude the thing but, that you make on canva to promote the nerd room are a million times better than anything that's come out <laughs> well this is the thing that bothers me about it is that there are hundreds of extremely talented artists that exists on any social platform, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Give them a small fee and say, do this. This is your opportunity. But instead, they've got my kid cutting things out in Photoshop and smacking on. Like, I just, I'd never understood that. And the MCU is guilty of this too. Dude, and... they had an ocean, they had oceans, they had an ocean spray bottle which was the reveal of the Madam Web suit. <laughs> they revealed the suit on the bottle of on a bottle of water. Is it ocean spray water or cranberry juice or something? Is cranberry that... juice, I think. Ocean, it's it like cranberry... a juice maker. Maybe it's cranberry juice. I... It's like her suit's dark red, so let's put her yeah. on the cranberry juice. Because lots of people drink cranberry juice. I don't know. It, it's it's just tough to see like so many talented people in the world and you end up with things that are just don't make any sense and like we always want these to be successful but just as we talked about with ghostbusters you, you can do a lot with a really good trailer and some really good art and some really good promo well, like, dude, they had like here's an example you talk about a good promo so they, they recently had sydney sweeney so she's playing one of the characters um she's playing spider woman and she did the little interview thing they released it as and it was basically her saying that you know she she like in the comics um, her character, you know, hangs upside down a lot of the time from the ceiling. So she asked to do that and they show this kind of them filming it from behind. Now that is, that little promo has done more for the movie than anything else. Because yeah. people like, A, they love Sydney Sweeney. B, you know, we get to see uh, an actual suit. So it's not something that's just been CGI'd on there. They actually do have a practical suit. And see, she's actually saying that she read the comics and it's trying mm -hmm. trying to stay true to the source material. So she's the only one that's doing anything for this movie. And it's like, how do the Sony and their team not see that? Like, it's very easy to promote this movie in a well, positive way. And you way. and I aren't experts in this. We're consumers. But, like, we're the audience that you're pointing this stuff at. Yeah. And I just... That's the thing that baffles me with all of this is the, the, things are going to be hit and miss. There's going to be things that we like and things that we don't like. But 
these movies have to put a good foot forward. And I've always, always said, I think since like almost day one of this, if you can't put together a coherent and exciting trailer with two minutes of footage from 120 minutes of a movie, there's something wrong. Like you should be able to put something together that is banging. If you take your two, two minutes of your best stuff, and like that's all promo, all of it. You should be able to, from hours and hours of stuff, you should be able to squeeze this thing down and be walking into it as it being epic. And now, yeah, you could argue that maybe you're missold on something. You walk in, you're like, what was that? That was not the movie I was promised in the trailer. And that's a bit misleading at times. But you got to put your best foot forward on this stuff. Like it, I, and it's, it's a shame as well, with, dude. Because it the is. problem, it is. It's a shame because it's actually a really great part of the spider story and then introducing we had the spider verse for the animated you know i watched across the spider verse again the other day and there's a scene that i didn't even notice until after i've seen loki there's a scene where you know um miguel o'hara is like explaining the spider verse to miles and this he paints it first this see this um uh it's like a demonstration and this big tree comes and it's like wow that's the tree from loki and then it's got all the spider verse webs around the tree and mm, it's like cool. oh wow like did they know that was going to happen with loki or is that something that's come before and you know i want this kind of explained and that's really what madam webb is supposed to be doing you know even with sony they said that they were going to have a cindy moon series a silk series and that's another great character and you've got characters in this like ezekiel sims who is a character who is supposed to be a protector who saves cindy moon and saves the spider-verse um, until she later comes out and meets Peter Parker. And they could do that, but they've got the time so mixed up. They've got the characters, they've got really great characters, but they've put them in this really odd story. They're really doing their own thing with it. And it seems like they're just totally lost. And it's it's a shame because, like we mentioned before, Sp- Spider-Man needs to be at the front of all this if the MCU mm. want to survive. You know, if these these comic book movies want to continue on the marvel side we need spider-man so you've got to be very careful with the spider stories you've because they're really great stories they're some of the best and they need to be told in a cohesive way like a coherent way that people can follow right but now it's just it's going to confuse people even more like i i feel like this movie is going to hurt everything and, and help nothing. Well, and it's a shame too because, like, you you keep referencing and going back to the Spider Verse. They have one of the most epic blueprints of all time inside of Spider storytelling, literally at their fingertips. Like, it's it's embedded inside of their their shop inside of Sony. Like, that is a Sony. Sony have Spider Man. They yeah. have Miles Morales, and they refuse yeah. to use them in their movies. Don't get it. Don't get it. Like, like I said, I've said this a million, million times. There must be some clause, like something preventing them from from using either of those, especially Miles. Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. But this movie comes out the fourteenth. We will likely not be reviewing it. There'll be someone watching it. Maybe you, maybe me at some point. Uh, down dude, the road. I have to watch it because I have to know what the hell's going on. Like, <laughs> you, um, you will definitely be getting something from Ian that is to come out in Japan in, in two weeks. Uh, dude, don't, I'm not even going to look because it's scary. 
<laughs> Sony is a Japanese company and they tend to get movies later than everybody else. I don't understand. What... I'm not going to, I'm not even checking the release date on that one just because ah. will... I'm already confused. So, yeah, it's confused. It'll be two thousand. It'll have already been released. It'll be like out of theaters by the time you check it. But, oh, shoot. It came out two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, man. We got one more thing to touch on before we wrap it up for tonight. Let's let's talk talk gaming here. This is not an environment that I exist in, so I'm gonna be relying on this one. But I have seen a lot of stuff about the Suicide Squad game. So I had the pleasure actually of watching the Royal Rumble with Emmett, Chris from the Gathering of the Geeks, and Zeddy this past weekend. So we linked up. We watched the Royal Rumble together. Wrestling event. Had Dude, a I didn't ton even of know fun that on the on the Gathering of the Geeks live show the other day. I was bashing the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I, <didn't really> <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, and so I, I had we had a blast actually watching it together. Mm. And then on that, it was sponsored by the Suicide Squad, and there was like a really weird trailer inside mm-hmm. of it with the guy that does Batman's voice, Kevin Conroy, yeah. Will Arnett. Will Arnett is that his Batman? name? Yeah, who? The guy that does Who's... Batman's voice, Will Arnett, in it's... the Lego movies. Oh, the Lego movies. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I had to cl- should have clarified that. But anyways, and the three of them were talking about it and just kind of just very, very confused and frustrated with the game itself. So you coming from the gaming space, this is Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, right? Kill the Justice League, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you coming from that space, like this, I feel like this was like, at one of the fandoms during the pandemic, this we're talking about this. It's game. been on and off for quite a while, yeah. Uh, it had like a very shaky release. Um, they had to keep going back and forward. I think they, you know, they released some details about about it, um, talking about things like Game Pass and in in game transactions, and people were kind of really getting angry about that. You know, people hate having to pay money within a within a game. Um, there was also some issue with it. They were saying it was an online only. So you can play it as a single player game, but you have to always have an internet connection to play it. Um, uh-huh. and, and a lot of people were really angry about that. Like, that's not something I, I ever worry about because I can't see how you can have a console without having internet in, in the modern day yeah. and age. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, a lot a lot of people were, were really angry about that. So it, it kept going back and forth and it took a long time to come out. And it's finally getting a release um and much like madam web it's it's just there's just it's very chaotic um and there's just so much kind of news that's coming out from it and uh, and it, it's it's very odd so yeah i don't know it it i feels like you know we're talking at the very start of the episode about this kind of normalcy returning to the space that we exist in with with nerd but it feels like we still got a lot of pandemic hangover stuff. Like I feel like yeah. Madam Web and this game and some of the stuff that we're looking at right now being like, eh. I, like is this just coming out because it has to come out now? Because it just feels like some of this stuff, like there's a lot of talented people that work on, on all of these productions. Yeah. And I feel like we're just getting to the tail end of the net effects of what had happened during the pandemic there was a lot of running there was a lot of sprinting to get towards some sort of end goal there was even in the movie space with and i think the mcu is suffering from this is right now too the dcu suffered from it like the aquaman release and what the movie eventually was suffered from this is that everyone was sprinting when they should have been slowing down and and really taking a look at what it was and that's what led to the collapse of the genre to a degree 
inside of 2022 and 2023. And Sony's just a little late to the game. They were trying to catch up. And here we are with this disjointed and incoherent release. And you're seeing a little bit of this of Suicide Squad. So yeah, I think, I, I think, I think there, it's of a time almost. It is. I think it is for sure. And I, I think like it goes back to some of the things we've talked about in the past about like going back to you saying us trying to keep things quite positive and this this kind of really weird approach. Like as I said with Madam Web, I don't want to be negative about it. It's more confusion mm. because I want it to be successful. And you do have some really great actors in that movie. Um and you have a really good story that you could play with if you do it well. Um with Suicide Squad, it seems like that's been a thing as well because it's had a lot of kind of criticism in the past it seems like a lot of these reviewers and these companies that that kind of play games like ign for example are instantly trying to make it crash and burn Mm -hmm. and you know they were given a three hour gameplay uh preview so they got to play and this guy basically went online and says i played it and i didn't like it and I watched the video and he's just bashing it and bashing it and bashing it. And you're watching the video and it's like, it doesn't look bad. It looks fun. It looks okay. Like, I don't know what you can yeah. learn <laughs> in a in a three-hour gameplay, uh, you know, playing this for three hours. So the they decided that they wouldn't send IGN review codes for early reviews, review codes. So IGN haven't been able to review this. So what they've now got is this kind of like vendetta where they're like constantly mm. posting on social media bad stuff about it and saying all this stuff about them not getting these codes and, you know, all these issues with this game. And it seems like, you know, people are jumping on this bandwagon and there's there's a lot of people just not giving it any any chance before, before it even gets released. And then it doesn't help because... The, the craziest the craziest one that I heard was I think it was yesterday or two days ago the game came out right for for early release people who pre-ordered it and as soon as they booted up the game they were welcomed with the end end cutscene <laughs> so it just oh, jumped straight really? to the end <laughs> right to the end right to the end it just skipped the whole Spoiler. game so they had to re- they had to remove it from the servers after an hour of it being out so oh, again my. it just gets this kind of and then the problem, what the funny thing is that this cutscene is so controversial. Is it the Superman it, one? No. So, so the, it's. I think it's, I. Oh, okay. I won't. I don't that might have been in the trailer for, I saw. The for anybody who's yeah, going to spoil, play the yeah, game, yeah. it's all over social media. But I'll just say that it's it includes Batman, and it's voiced by Kevin Conroy, who has of course tragically passed away, and something happens, and people are saying it's very distasteful. Because, mm. you know, this is his last appearance or his voice appearance of, of Batman. Um, it's not, apparently. I think it came out today. He's going to be in the, the animated Crisis on Infinite Earth Part 3. Um, but, again, the the game story, there's a lot of stuff that comes out. Even in the trailer, like Poison Ivy's a child. She's kind of resurrected as a child. But the way mm. Harley talks to her, it's kind of like they're in a relationship still. Oh, and then... You know, Boomerang's put like a bomb in the kid's head and the kid's crying her eyes out. And it's like, geez, like, I don't know. Some of the, the story choices seem a bit odd. And yeah. unless you play the whole game and you understand it, and man, it's Suicide Squad, you've got to expect it to be a little bit... It's kind in of the like title. <laughs> like... It's called Kill the Justice League. Man, you kind of see Justice League members being killed. Yeah, but... the bad guys kill the good guys. <laughs> yeah, 
But I think as well, the problem is that they said it's part of the Arkhamverse, which is one of the series of really much loved games. A lot of people mm -hmm. say these these stories are better than any of the, the movie stories. It's supposed to be that version of Batman, which I can't understand how that's even possible. But, you know, I guess people who have a strong connection to those games are really upset about that. The people who, are, you know, don't want to have the online stuff or don't want to, you know, have to do any kind of microtransactions were really angry and then you have the the cutscene. so i think all of it together it just this this game has no chance of success especially yeah you know within its its first few weeks of of release and it's a shame because man i watched like a i watched a guy who played like 12 hours i didn't watch the whole 12 hours he did 12 hours of gameplay and he was really enjoying it it looks really fun mm -hmm. i think it's just we're in that kind of day and age where a lot of people, you know, listen and influenced by things that they read online and, and what people say. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Like it's, it's, and that's why some of these conversations, you know, I, I want to emphasize that we don't, we're not being positive just to be positive on this stuff. It's the idea is to, to have discussions around this and, one of the things that we always focus on here is like, it's very easy to be critical and negative. It's very easy to tear stuff down. It's a lot harder to look at things and have like a, just a discussion about mm -hmm. it, right? And frame it up for you guys, the listeners, and for even us, for me, inside of some of these conversations. It's the ability to like look at it a little differently, you know, and, and get the information without the lens of negativity spun on it. And so... You know, it's it's tough because some of this just happens sometimes. Things are shredded in controversy, and it doesn't doesn't sound like they can catch much of a break on all this stuff. And then you've got IGN chasing them around a little bit, and it's unfortunate because like a ton of people puts a lot of effort into this. Right? Many many no years one, of work. No as one well. sets yeah. out to make something that is shitty. Like, just put it that way. Like, there's not a single person on on that film or in that game that went to work every day saying, "I'm going to make a shitty thing." And sometimes it's just, it's what happens. And yeah, it's tough. But all in all, and that being said, it's fun to just to walk through this stuff and really look at these things and frame them up for you guys. And so that's what we're here to do. And I freaking love it, man. I love it. Man, look, just think stuff. of the stuff we talked about, stuff that we got incoming, man. Like, it's, 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 it's insane. It's we're we're in for it's... like a. Yeah. A very unique year. If you want to hear the year that we're going to have, go back and check out our box office fantasy pool. And just the diversity of movies that is coming this year. It's like from Garfield to friggin' Beetlejuice it's a lot of It's a lot of sequels, and... but it's just characters yes. that we love. And it's just great. And... We're revisiting so much stuff that we yeah. just love. That's great. Like, it's, how it's can you cool. not be hyped for that? It's, it's, it's going to be a great year, man. We're going to have a ton of fun talking about this stuff. And there's a few franchises and a few things I want us to revisit as we as we really get into the year and not chase news all the time, but just kind of take points in time and just talk about some of these franchises. I want, man, I, we got to talk a bit more Star Wars. After talking a couple of weeks ago, I talked Star Wars on a solo episode and I was like, shoot, man, I got we got to talk, talk more about this stuff and the, the growth that we're going to see there, the potential for that Mando movie and shoot man we're, we're only a couple months out from deadpool 3 ghostbusters frozen empire comes out in march we're already we have star wars we have star wars shows incoming man like oh, man acolyte skeleton crew it's yes, gonna be I uh... freaking love being a nerd man it's so much fun and it's always a blast just pulling up 
to the mics here and talking about this stuff every week. Like I'm I'm hyped. I've been literally talking all day. <laughs> we were doing some pretty pretty awesome pod summit stuff, some podcasting stuff today. And holy moly, it's I said to the guy I was working with, I was like, so what are you up to tonight? I was like, I gotta go home. I gotta do dad duty for a little bit, and then I'm shooting straight down to record an episode of the nerd room. He's like, Whoa, like come on. I was like, I that's how much I love doing this stuff. Is that it's it's just ingrained and i'm so happy to get to share the mic with you man and it's been just a lot of fun talking this week yeah me too man me too definitely definitely something i look forward to as i always say and uh yeah it's good it's it's good because people are disappearing online and it's nice to get in and, and start sharing because yeah. everybody's feeling it everybody's feeling this this excitement and this happiness yes. it's just that a lot of time we don't get the chance to to let it out Express and geek it. out and and express yeah, it and it's, yeah. it's good that to to do that sometimes it's yeah, good to I'm glad you guys i'm glad you guys listening are here with us too you know, let's ride this wave of of momentum and this slow and steady build back to the exciting times i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be a great year it's gonna be a lot of fun but ian we gotta stop there we gotta put a pin in it for this week we'll be back next week talking all things stars marvel dc and beyond and with all that being said with a real hype and anticipation for ghostbusters just brewing inside of us <laughs> for the nerd room i'm sam and i'm ian and thank you so much for entering the nerd room Point.